Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well, check out Deal to Heal Teas. With our inspirational teas, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to dealtoheelteas.myshopify.com. That's Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's Deal to Heal Teas at Deal to Heal Teas. That my Shopify.com. Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App and make a donation to dollar sign E. James, the number 418. Make a one-time donation to the Cash App or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome to Deal to Heal with E. James Podcast. On this podcast, my guest and I will discuss topics and ways to help us to heal in every area of our lives. I believe that everyone can live a life that is happy, healthy, and whole. So I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I am your host, Ernest James, and I believe that everyone can and should live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. And therefore, I'm on a mission to help people to deal, to heal, and to fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. Thank you guys once again for joining in uh, to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. If you haven't already, Please subscribe, uh, like, follow, and share um, our podcast on YouTube, on uh, Instagram, on Facebook, all of those things. We're trying to get our numbers up. Uh, we we'll definitely appreciate it if you support us since you listen already. And also, uh, stay until the end. I'm going to tell you guys how you can win $100 from the podcast, but you got to stay until the end to get that information. So, Today, just like any other day, we are blessed with a guest, Miss Lucretia. How are you doing? I am well. I'm so excited to be with you today, Ernest. No problem. No problem. First of all, let me say uh, thank you uh, for being here. Thank you for joining us because you could be doing anything else, but you're here with me and my listeners, and we definitely appreciate it. So thank you very much. Thank you. No problem. So let's jump right on in it. So uh, do me a favor. Introduce yourself to my listeners, and tell us who you are and what it is that you do. Well, my name is Lucretia, and I am owner and founder of 180. And 180 helps women do the inner work so they can heal, thrive spiritually, physically, and mentally. 
I'm also host of A Seat at the Table, where I have created space for everyday women like me and our listeners to share their lived experience and the revelation that they got of themselves. Um, just, yeah, just community. Okay. Okay. So two questions that I have right off the bat. First of all, what is 180 and, and how did that name come about? And then the second question is the seat at the, at the table. Is that a podcast? First question, 180. 180 was actually, I came up with the name from my own lived experiences. Um, I don't care who any person is, their status, their education. We all have experienced some type of trauma in our life. And I define trauma as anything that you cannot get over immediately. And so 180 was actually birthed from making the choice, kind of like what you said, to heal from the pain, making the choice actually to confront the pain, confront how we feel, confront the emotional response and make those steps and those um, the journey actually to turn from that to wholeness, spiritually, physically and mentally. So that's where 180 came from. Okay. Okay. Second question. Okay, go ahead. Okay, second question was, what is a seat at the table? Um, a seat at the table is my Instagram lives that I do. Right now we're doing them once a month, um, and it, we're going to be moving up to every other Thursday. But again, it's a platform dedicated to um, everyday women to share their stories, to share their experiences, um, to share the tools and the strategies that they use to, again, do the 180, to turn from the pain, to confront it, and then to thrive. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. So, uh, Lucrecia, so we, we're going to, I don't want to start there, right? I don't want to start here. I want to go back. I want to go back because, uh, as I say often, any of us that has a heart for people and have a platform to make change in the lives of other people started from somewhere. You know, we didn't just wake up and be like, hey, this is who I am. So there's always a, a backstory that uh, where we got our, our purpose and our, our meaning from, for what it is we do. So who was Lucretia before uh, your transaction or transformation, should I say? And then what was that journey to becoming the person that you are now? Whew, Ernest, that is a loaded question, <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Um, I kind of start here. I was raised in a church home, mom and dad, um, ministers, um, evangelists, and um, I grew up in a church home and I laughed when I... Um, I had determined when I left there, I was going to do anything and everything I thought I was grown enough to do <laughs> because I felt like um, I, I didn't get a chance to experience anything. I didn't really have my own voice. And so, again, I'm grateful for the upbringing that I had because it actually brought me to this place of transformation. But I got out of my parents' house. I graduated. Um, and I just did anything and everything I thought I was grown enough to do. And I landed in some very, very toxic relationships, um, domestic violence, uh, physical abuse, and Jen, just this downward spiral of not confronting that pain and not really knowing who I was. So I spent a lot of my young adult life really trying to find myself um, in relationships which is part of one of my, part of my um, passion for 180 is really women recognizing who they are, and I believe that one of the things that really hindered me was um, being raised in the church, 
there was always this saying, you know, the scripture, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And so I believe what happened was a lot of girls in the church, they're raised to be wives instead of really knowing who they are outside of roles. Mm -hmm. So I really spent my um, adult, younger adult life um, trying to be a wife <laughs> uh, uh, instead of really knowing myself and actually knowing a good man from one that maybe was toxic. And I just had very toxic, bad relationships. And before I knew it, it just continued to down spiral. And it was not until I was tired of being tired <laughs> that I began to confront the root issues. Okay, okay. So I, I can I can relate to you um, with the, the upbringing because I myself was raised in the church. I am a PK and, and all of that. And I, I went on um, myself to become a minister and, and uh, associate, not associate pastor, um, executive pastor uh, of a church. And so I definitely know the upbringing, uh, yeah. right? And I, and I identify with, I didn't necessarily run away from it. I, I well, I always had one foot in, one foot out. You yeah. know, that's the best way to put it. That's how it was. <laughs> I, I was. I was conscious uh, within myself. I, I just knew just for me. I, and I think this just was my relationship uh, with the Lord that I knew I didn't want to go too far away. Yeah. I did want to, I wanted to get, you know, put my hands in the water and all exactly. that. But I, I didn't want to get too far away. So I never really went like all out. You know, like oh, I played a little bit. Like, all right, let me go back where I know I'm safe. You know, <laughs> and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real transparent with you, Ernest. My one of my good friends. We're still friends now. We went to college together. We're still friends now. And she would say, whenever you would get a drink, whenever you would have some type of drink, you would start preaching. <laughs> so I'm like, I would, and so I knew that there was a deep calling on my life. And like you said, I, the Lord in his grace and mercy, he didn't allow me to go too far, but I did. I, I, I love the club scene. And it was just something that just, I loved it. And so what happened is I um, connected with a guy that was associated with drugs. And just that whole lifestyle um, this opened up Pandora's door for me. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and that's why the, the the scripture says, you know, uh, raise up a child in the way that he should go, and and he won't depart. So, that part. You, know, <laughs> you, know, we, you know, we try. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah. we, we try to depart. You know, but there <laughs> of us that you know and. and you know, just like I said, just we're being raised in the church. There are some who like just go like way off somewhere. Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, so some do go, but then there are some that he's like, no, you, you're not, you know, you're not going that far. Come on, come on back, you know. And uh, so definitely grateful to be one of those <laughs> that he didn't. <laughs> <have. laughs> um, but I wanted to, I wanted to touch on a little. Uh, of something you said, because I identify with it uh, in the thought process. And you said that a lot of the girls, young ladies being raised, was raised to be wives. And so they didn't really get to know themselves, right? Yeah. And I, I wanna make sure I'm, I'm, I'm saying it right. And and I, I think about that, 
two ways. One, because I, I one of the things that I teach when I'm talking to you know young ladies, one thing that I do tell them, um, those who are looking for mates, mm -hmm. you know, and I would say, well, the Bible says, he who findeth a wife, you know, not he who findeth a girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> like, so you should already be wife material when he finds you, mm -hmm. right? So he's already, you know, you're already that. Um, but I never thought about it, uh, like you just said, even with that saying or with that thought process, although, yes, you should be a wife, but part of that, a big part of that is knowing who you are personally so that you can show up, you yeah. know, uh, authentically in your, your own standing as, as being a wife, not only being a wife, but being a woman first yes. and then a wife, you yeah. know, so that, that was interesting. Uh, just, just my processing, just when you just said that. So you want to speak a little bit more about that? Cause I think that's interesting. I can. It's funny. And I went through a whole, I was just pissed. And I will say I am um, happily married now. I love my husband. We've been married now. This is my <laughs> second marriage. We've been married now for almost 11 years. But I remember right. just going through this um, season of just, again, dealing with some unresolved trauma. And I remember just sitting down like, I'm mad. I'm mad at the church because I hate how we glossed over the fact of Genesis 1 and 27 that God said, let us create man and woman in our image, in our likeness. And we did not push that message very well, I don't believe, in the in the church. And I say this most often, we had a women's day where the women, you know, they can mm -hmm. speak. And but our regular roles was teaching Sunday school, um, being on the usher board and hospitality. And I, I'm grateful. Again, I, I love to serve. That's part of um, the role of a woman is to serve and to nurture those around her to life. But I'm recognizing that when we don't create the space to really know who we are, um, be comfortable in our own skin, we actually what's the word, don't fully occupy any role that we could ever serve. And mm -hmm. I, I, I recognize for myself that I really needed to know who I was outside of serving my husband or serving my children and even serving the Lord. Because even with that, if the word says, um, love your husband and serve your husband as, as unto the Lord, well, mm -hmm. if I don't really fully know and acknowledge that God sees me outside of, you know, a wife, I'm forever attached to performance. And I wanted the liberty of being free to be. Right, right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. I, I, and I like that. So when we're, when we're talking about, because I know going back a little bit, because <clears throat> we're talking about, you know, uh, I was asking you about your journey to becoming, you know, who you are. And just with the women that you that you work with uh, and, and with your program, I know that there is a, a transformation uh, sort of that that takes place because just as you are on a you were on a journey and still are that yeah. um, they they have a journey, too. And maybe they journey haven't, you know, begun yet. And there are maybe some parts of their journey that they haven't learned to accept for themselves, yeah. right? So I know that one of the things that you talk about um, is honoring, you know, honoring your, your journey, you know? So when you're talking to some of the women and, and trying to get them to understand, 
you know, and accept their own journey, what is something that you encourage them to do to even be able to come to the realization that, you know, their story is special, this journey that they are on is special? <laughs> um, the, one of the things that uh, I gave myself permission to do, and I um, create space for them to give themselves permission to feel, to actually feel and to acknowledge how they feel. Often in our community, um, especially in the um, colored community, we are taught, um, just keep going, you know, oh, don't worry about it, just keep going. And what happens is that we're carrying unresolved pain and it's manifesting mm -hmm. in physical uh, physical pain, um, sleeplessness, restlessness, and just really allowing yourself to have permission to actually feel what you feel. And I think about the scripture says Jesus had compassion and he healed them. And that's actually a feeling. That's an emotion. And so I believe us allowing ourselves to have that type of thought life. I'm allowed to feel what I feel and not allow it to hinder us, but actually to confront it with truth so we can heal and be free from it. Yeah. And I, and I'm glad that you brought up, you mentioned it in the, Colored community, as we as you said, um, I was I was doing an interview uh, with the young lady uh, not too long ago, and um, she, she's uh, she's a white lady. I can't even get, get the word out, <laughs> but she was talking to me because uh, we was talking about our mothers and uh, women, uh, which is her platform that she deals with, and but we were talking about uh, mental health. And so she was talking to me about she she met a, a young lady who's a, a black lady and they were having a conversation and she was saying how she was surprised because she didn't know, of course, that there is this stigma around uh, mental health uh, in the black community. So it's sort of a double uh, burden, yeah. uh, you know, putting on this face of, of strength, you know, yeah. and not dealing uh, dealing with your your issues or whatever, yeah. and so uh, you know I was talking to her about it, and you know, and then I was even talking because uh, I've had men on here, and definitely going to you know going to have more, uh, mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that I I try to push us to talk about and push us to create these safe spaces, definitely yeah. for men and African American men uh, to be exact, um, to be able to like you said to feel. And yeah. it'd be okay to, to yeah. say, look, if I'm hurting, let me say I'm hurting. Yeah. Let me definitely <laughs> amongst, yeah. you know, amongst the guys, amongst the brothers, where we can really take down this facade, take off these fake capes that we yeah. would put on ourselves and all of this and really be vulnerable with one another to be able yeah. to reach out to uh, each other and heal each other and have these conversations that we need to have that we've been, you know, hiding behind. And exactly. I don't even know where where it started uh you know this whole thing started of, of putting on this strong mm -hmm. uh you know face or whatever but we have to get past that because yes we are strong when we need to be but mm -hmm. there are times when we're not exactly. and we gotta be okay with those times too yeah and i recognize that when we don't allow ourselves to be weak um, let's say when I'm weak, when I'm weak, we're made strong in Christ. We can't actually even be strong and have the full attributes of Christ when we cannot even acknowledge our own weakness. And so he can't even come in and make us strong. And I'm recognizing my need to actually acknowledge and validate how I feel. Um, one of the um, 
tools that I use in sessions is actually deep self-reflection. And again, just allowing yourself to be able to have these dialogues with ourselves. Okay. Uh, and one of them that, I, like you said before, why do we feel the need within our community to be a savior? <laughs> Like mm -hmm. I can't save myself, let alone anyone else. And I believe that we, one of the hindrance again in our in our community in a colored community is we're passing on this generational um, survivor mode or this generational super cape, and no one is actually able to break free because we have normalized it so much. Yeah, yeah, and we we've we've built each other up uh, with this false narrative that we're all trying to act like we're living up to it because we none of us is living up to it. You know I mean? In public, we try to act like, yeah, I got it all together and I'm, you know, I yeah, I've been through some things, but I'm pushing forward and it, it didn't affect me when truly when we go home and behind the scenes and when we're alone, we're having these, these breakdowns and these moments of these things coming to us that we haven't deal with, that we haven't healed from. And we're afraid to just admit that, you know what, I need some help. And, and that's one of the things that I love about this uh, podcast and, and guests like yourself when I have them on um, to be able to have these conversations just with regular people. And I, and I had this conversation uh, before, I don't remember who I was talking to, but I remember saying in this journey of the podcast, I'm coming up on, uh, well, by the time this airs, it would be a little over a year. So I've been just past a year in, in recording. And I think about the guests that I have had and the reach that I want to have. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking like, man, I would love to have some famous people on or some you know, yeah. well-known people. But then I think about it, I'm like, you know what? Part of me don't want that because yeah. I would rather have everyday people that's dealing with things that have gone through things to be able to connect with the other everyday people. You know, yeah. so I would rather you know, have someone, you know, just like me, that just like you, that get up, that go to work every day, but choose to make a difference in the people and the lives of the people that we come in contact with, then to have this big, well-known celebrity person, whoever, that I really don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> as we find, you know, just in the news and things every day, that they have, they definitely have issues that they haven't, they haven't dealt yeah. with. Because again, it's even probably even worse for them because they are already trying to put up this face of I got it all together. Yeah. But then they're in the public, so now they really got to put it on. And behind the behind closed doors, they're they're crumbling. You know, I like and so it. I really got it. I really like having this. Uh, this platform to talk to everyday people like yourself. That's one of the um, aims of a seat at the table. And I always express everyday women like me and like you. And one of my reasons for that is that we give a voice, an everyday voice and an everyday face to transformation. We give an everyday voice and an everyday face um, of what it is to build resolve, to be on a journey and to, hey, be transparent, with our community. So I believe that's very, very important. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. And, you know, we have to build, and, and, I, and I like, the, I like the, the wording that you said, the seat at the table, because that's a, another thing with having these platforms that we're able to build our own communities yeah. and feed each other what we need. 
You know, we're able to come to the table with what you bring to the table. I come to the table, what I bring to the table. And we build these communities that we're able to support one another and uplift one another where we're down, where we're low. And, and I really love that. Uh, um, I love that wording. Just by <laughs> I, I really love that. So, um, so when we, when we're, when you are working with some of the, the young ladies that you're working with and trying to get them, you know, on this journey, what does that process look like? Like when you're, when you, when you meet them, just in general, uh, nobody Pacific, but just when you meet them and generally like where, where are they are, where are they in this process and how does your process work to get them to where you're trying to get them to? I believe one of the most important things before anyone can change is they have to acknowledge they need to. <laughs> uh, even when, like, when it comes to mentorship, no one can um, make you change. You have to desire it. And again, my journey began when I was tired of being sick and tired. I'm like, I'm tired of the cycles. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have this cute... Um, little catchphrase now i'm breaking generational curses and generational cycles you actually have to be able to see it first you know mm -hmm. we don't have to necessarily do what our mom did what my dad did we don't have to do that but we do have to acknowledge you know something is off <laughs> i mm -hmm. need change and so that's the utmost thing is i don't there are times like you can be in front oh that person needs the, to do the inner work but they have to want it and they have to acknowledge and so what happens is um we sit down and it's like, it's a seat at the table too, but it's just one-on-one. -on -one. Um, what are you processing? What are you feeling right now? And just really begin to dig deep and then come up with ways to, I believe healing happens every day, you know? So giving everyday steps, everyday goals to um, continue to solidify your your healing journey. And I, I, I like that. I like what you said. Um, it was something that you just said. Like my mind is trying to go blank on me, <laughs> but it was it was something that you just said, and now I can't think of it. I hate that. I should have wrote it down. <laughs> but even when we here, when we we're talking about uh, the process of of just going. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. So one of the things that I do, um, I'm a uh, fatherless daughter advocate, mm -hmm. and uh, generally the the fatherless daughters that I talk to are, are adult fatherless daughters. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things, first questions that I ask them is when we're talking about, uh, like you said, breaking generational curses. And one of the things that I ask them, because again, they have to acknowledge it. So one of the first questions that I ask is, what generation of fatherlessness are you? Right. Yeah. So were, are, you, are you first generation or was your mother a fatherless uh, daughter? was her mother a father's daughter, you know, and I asked them to see so they can recognize just how far it goes back. Yeah. Right. Then yeah. my second question is, okay, now that we know and we've recognized how far it goes back, my question to you is how many generations that will come after you yeah, or will you be the one to change it? Yeah. You know? And so just starting there, but being able to look at, yeah, there are some things that we are living through. There are some things that we are passing along to the next generation that are generational curses, if, you know, for lack of a better term, that we'll just continue to pass on because no one is really taking the time to deal with it, yeah. you know? And that's just one thing, but I know there's many other 
you know, areas where this same cycle is, is playing out. One of my questions that I ask Ernest is um, what triggers you? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm recognized no one can push buttons that we do not have. And as I began to really look at my triggers, I was able to dig deep. And I know one of the things was I did not really get a lot of validation growing up. Again, I was kind of considered a rebellious child because I always wanted to know, well, why do I have to do this? Why do women do this? Why, why, why? You know, because they just didn't sit right with me. And so recognizing my own triggers, what kind of sets me off really um, caused me to begin to dig deep. And I'm recognizing again, when I'm before women, when I what are your triggers? And and one of the main things is how do you see yourself? Um, I am in the process of starting this um, gratitude. They say a grateful heart is good. A grateful heart is good medicine. And I'm recognizing often we are we are comfortable saying what we're thankful for with outward things. But I've been um, crafting this uh, program, um, grateful for me. And being able to sit down every day, mirroring um, and looking at my, I'm grateful for my freckles. I'm grateful for how I'm able to hold space for other people. And it really begins to teach us how to be grateful for who we are. And it breaks comparison. And it actually begins to build honor for ourselves. I like I like that because we're in, in one last conversation that I had, I was talking about uh, vision boards. So I did a vision board for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and back in February. And I, I did this vision board and, you know, I put it up on the wall. We did it and everything. And it was months later, the one day I was just looking at it and I realized that it probably was like 10 things on this vision board. And out of the 10, I accomplished like seven. Wow. I was sharing that with someone and she was like, you know what? On, in her perspective, she said, I want you to try something because a lot of times when we do vision boards, it's a vision of what we haven't accomplished or have yet to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And she said, one of the things that I would like you to do, she was talking to me, so one mm-hmm. thing I'd like you to do is to come up with a vision. I called it, I called it a visionary board. She said, so don't think about the, the, the vision of the things that you haven't accomplished or what you want to accomplish, but actually take inventory of the yeah. things you have accomplished, yeah. you know? And so I was like, man, I never really thought about, you know, just stopping and saying, man, what have I done? What have I accomplished? Yeah. You know, and, and like you said, just being able to take that time to be grateful for the things that you have done. You know, we all have dreams. We all have big goals that we want and, and things that we look forward to in our future. But then just to be able to be present and be like, you know what? I, I did okay. You know what I mean? I, I did okay. You know, I, I stumbled a little bit and, and maybe I ran when I shouldn't have, but I, <laughs> I made it back and I'm okay. You know? Exactly. It, it, it's funny, Ernest, what I'm learning, um, again, the practice of gratitude for self, I'm learning that it empowers us to show up organically and authentically as us, knowing that who we are, what we carry and what we have, and even our learned experience, they're enough and they're valid. And so I'm so grateful for that. Um, another thing that I um, 
teach is um, love, like self-love. And again, mm -hmm. um, love your neighbor like you love yourself. And often I found in my own experience and even some of the women that I would talk to that love was always an outward expression of what they can do for others. Um, yeah, how they can serve others and really recognizing that love starts within. And when we love ourselves, we have the healthy um, boundaries. <laughs> We have mm -hmm. a healthy image of our a healthy image of ourselves, and so that's another thing that you don't really hear people talk about is again loving yourself, like love your neighbor like you love yourself. So love has mm -hmm. to start with us. You know, and and I like that you pointed that out. Um, I've had the the opportunity and the blessing to be to to be joined with a uh, organization called. Uh, forgiveness mission. Okay. And so what we do, we have a, um, sort of like a, a, not a webinar, but like an online event. We do an online event every quarter of the year. Uh, we started doing it this year. Every quarter of the year, we have an online event. And one of the things that I talk about uh, that I teach for my section of it is forgiveness of self, right? Mm -hmm. And so as we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, loving yourself and appreciating yourself. I, I realized uh, in the midst of teaching this that, you know, a lot of times we don't forgive ourselves. And yeah. just as we, we were talking about just being growing up in the church and then running to do our own thing, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, running and, and let's say we ran into some situations that, yeah. you know, we felt different from after we after we did it. You know, and then maybe we're holding those things against ourselves. Like, man, yeah. I shouldn't have did that. So now you're carrying this regret uh, yeah. with yourself. And so, in my in my um, teaching it, I came up with it with the acronym for self when it comes to self forgiveness, mm -hmm. and it's season of life, emotional state, limited information, and forgiveness. Right. So. Yeah. The the when we're talking about forgiving ourselves, uh, and we look at the acronym for self, um, what was the season of life that we were in at that time? Because we go through seasons, you know, and that was you know may have been our rebellious season, you know. And <laughs> we have to acknowledge that, like, okay, I was a child, you know, yeah. running from, you know, I was just getting my freedom. I was running like a slave. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Acknowledge that that's where we were uh, in, in that season of life. Um, for the E, it's an emotional state. What was the emotional state that you were in at the yeah. time of, of, of that? And I always give the example about uh, my mom passing away um, some years ago. But in that time period, emotionally, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in a good place. So yeah. had I made some decisions now that maybe I regret, I have to acknowledge that I was I was in a, an emotional yeah. state, you yeah. know, and so um, that's why I deal with the uh, emotional state. And the L is for limited information, because mm. sometimes we make decisions based off what we know or what we think we know, yeah. and we don't have all the information, yeah. you know. And so taking it taking that into consideration that we didn't have all the information, then it's easier for us to forgive ourselves again, for some of the decisions that we made. And then the elf, I just simply say just forgiveness by recognizing that at the time of the offense that you made against yourself, that you're holding against yourself, yeah. 
that you were doing the best that you could and that you knew how to do yeah. at that time. Yep. You know, yep. and so I, I just love that we deal with self. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of, that's yeah. one of the things that I teach. And so I just threw that in there because you were saying self and I'm like, yeah, let me, let me throw this out. <laughs> I love that. That is very important again, <laughs> because we can't, if we can't love ourselves, we can't truly be in relationship with anyone else. Yeah. We carry yeah. ourselves with us everywhere we go. So it's important for us, for the self life to be taken care of. Right. And, and if we, if we don't know, and I always tell, ask people one of the things that I ask, because I've been on this journey of, of uh, self-development myself and getting into personal development and yeah. just learning more about myself and my own thoughts. And so I'm always asking, like, what do you want? You know, yeah. and sometimes I find that it's, that it's so hard for some people to answer. Yeah. It's like, true, like, what do you want? Not not nobody else. In the, no, what do you want? And what do you really want? Like, outside of the surface stuff, when you really get down to what is what is your heart's desire? For yourself, exactly. and I, a lot of people, and probably even going back to like you said earlier, just with your upbringing of being raised to be a wife and never really taught to take in consideration of what you wanted for yourself outside of being a wife, you know. Yeah. But I, I find that that's hard for some people to even answer. Like, what do I really want for me? Yeah. And I love this that we. And, you know, and I, you have to come to a place where your parents, they gave you what they knew to give you. And I am so grateful for my upbringing because it brought me back from my season of rebellion, you know. <laughs> and I have children now um, and I'm grateful that I, I'm able to give them the language to be able to convey that. My nine-year-old and my household, I'm very intentional in creating safety. But like life happens sometimes. And so my nine-year-old, she's very sensitive to people raising their voice. And so at nine, she's able to say, when you raise your voice, I don't feel safe. And so my, my response to her is, what do you need to feel safe again? She said, I just need a hug. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, at nine, <laughs> she's able to convey go inward, see what her body needs, her emotions need, and be able to verbalize that. So I'm like, that is the retribution. You know, that is breaking mm -hmm. the generational cycles of uh, being undone mentally, physically, and emotionally is me, from my experience, I get a chance to train her up so she can have these tools at an early age. So again, I'm like, all things work for my good. <laughs> right, right, right. And and that, that even goes back to... Um, you know, just thinking about our, our upbringing, like we said, just growing up in the church and definitely for myself, I can say there are times when, you know, it's like you are supposed to be seen and not heard, I guess. Bingo, that's the one. Seen and stay in the child's place, that whole, the whole scenario. But yeah, um, I'm going to be real. I'm still learning how to find my voice from that. You know, and, and and I really, that was one of the things that prompted me, even with a seat at the table, is giving voice to everyday women um, like, me and, like me and like her. And the thing about it is really when you've been a victim of trauma, 
mm-hmm. you feel like you don't have choices. Like you have right. been at the hand of someone either abusing you um, physically, sexually, mentally, whatever it is, and you feel stripped from your choices. And so being able to own your voice and own your story is empowering for a person just to reclaim the authority of their voice again, to reclaim their choices. So that's very important to me, breaking that cycle of being seen and not heard. Yeah, and I, and I think it, it gives you a, it, it sort of gives you, when you can speak it, so we we all in the Bible. So when we <laughs> when God created the heavens and the earth, he, he spoke it into oh. existence. And so when someone takes your voice away, they take away your creativity to be able to speak those things that you want right into your life. And so I love what you're saying about giving them uh, a seat at the table by giving them their voice back. Because now when you're able to say, this is how I feel, this is how I think, this is how, you know, the things that I want out of my life. Now you can start speaking those things and building the life that you want because, one of the things I always say when, when you when you think about something, when you speak it, you're thinking it at the same time. Yeah. So you're creating it. You know, it's being created as you're speaking it, yeah. because as you're speaking it is now beginning to beginning to take shape, if only in your mind at that time. But yeah. once it comes to your mind, then you as you act out and begin to walk into the things that you speak, then it will develop and it comes out in, yeah. into your everyday life, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I love it. I love it. So one of one of the uh, last things that uh, I want to talk about, just briefly, you know, with 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 the the young ladies uh, that you work with, uh, or even even yourself to an extent, um, it's like you're on this journey, and to be able, and and I think that's sort of what maybe what what you're doing because you're on this journey and then you reflect back from where you were and the journey that it took you to get to where you are now and even looking forward um, to where you are desiring to be, you know? So this is like your story, right? And so I, I feel like you're helping the young ladies to be able to write and in some cases rewrite their story. You know, yeah. when, when I was younger, I don't, I don't know, uh, I might be uh, older than you. I don't know. But <laughs> when I was younger, they came out with these books. Uh, I, I don't remember what the exact name was, but they gave you choices, right? When you read the story, you would get to a part of the story and then I say, okay, now you have to make a choice, you know, turn left or turn right. And depending on what you decision you made, they would say, okay, go to this page. And then it would follow on with the story. Yeah. Um, but you had a, a choice and how the story turned out, you know? And so I think that what you're doing now is allowing the young ladies to not only to acknowledge their story, but then to be able to change it depending on the, the ending that they want to have. Right, yeah, yeah. I believe is that's is very important um, to acknowledge the harm. What do you need to correct this harm as much as possible and then to reclaim your voice and to reclaim your choices. I love it. I love <laughs> it. So you know what, Lakrisha, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep you up all night, uh, all day, you know, on this thing. Uh so I want to first of all again say thank you uh for being on. Thank you for to 
gracing us with your presence. I want you to have the last word. I want you to leave us with um, a word of advice or uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, whatever, some, some last words to inspire us, to keep us moving forward. And definitely also let us know where, um, where and how we can work with you and your social media handles. I'll give you a second to, to think on that. Um, to my listeners, thank you guys once again for joining in uh, to the Deal to Heal with EJ's podcast. And I told you guys that I will tell you how you can win $100 from the podcast. And that is by becoming one of our uh, super subscribers and entering our super subscriber contest. So what do you have to do? You have to subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, and our podcast on Spotify. And after you have done those three things, you text the word WIN, W-I-N, to the number 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730. Text the word WIN to qualify to win $100 from the podcast. That's all you got to do. You're listening already. You support us already. Go on and like subscribe, you know, do what you need to do and you can win. The contest is ongoing so it never ends and it's random so I can pull a name at any time on any day and once you're in, you're in so you can win. So again to uh, enter the contest, you need to subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Facebook page and our podcast uh, on Spotify. And after you've done those three things, you text the word WIN W-I-N to the number 866-326-073 zero for a chance to win a hundred dollars from the podcast and it's that easy so mr creaser first of all again let me say thank you so very much for being on thank you for gracing us uh with your presence and your uh information um the floor is yours Okay. Um, The advice that I would give any listener, any woman that's listening today to heal from the pain is one, learn to um, acknowledge yourself by beginning to sit quietly with yourself, engaging your emotions, your spirit, and see where you are being really transparent and real with yourself where you are and begin to process those broken fragments, those woundedness, um, yeah, process. And a lot of times what I do with people that when we're starting off is process either through journaling. I love that because you can go back and track your growth and celebrate your growth. But we to sit with yourself in an acknowledging way, acknowledging what you need, acknowledging your preferences. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And, okay. Yep. and how can you stay connected to me? I am on Instagram mm-hmm. at 180. It's 180 dash, it's 1-82 dashes, or you can reach me at my website, lucreciaarnold.com. Uh, we have um, services. We create safe places for women to be able to process, um, resolve hurt or trauma, or just process life in a safe space to get them unstuck where they can thrive spiritually, physically, and mentally. All right. All right. So again, thank you for being on here. Uh, Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Uh, To my listeners, thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast, because we are on a mission to help people to deal, to heal, and to fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. Until next time, you guys be blessed, and we'll see you next week. Hey guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast.
Hey guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 in order to receive text messages with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right, see you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. This episode has been brought to you by Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to dealtoheelteas.myshopify.com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem. Heal from the pain and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.